Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eccentric, the makers of the K-Box and the new K-Pulley. Guys, flywheel training's really grown in popularity of late, and although it's something that's been around for a while, the simple reason that it's grown in popularity is because it works. We've been lucky to have a K-Box in our weight room for the past three years, and we've seen some really great things when it comes to improving the athlete's ability to change direction, and then looking at our return to play protocols with different lower body injuries with the student athletes. The love-hate relationship that everyone has with the K-Box is now just going to grow more with the addition of the K-Pulley. The ability to do standing presses, pulls, rip-throughs, and knee drive exercises is just going to be another arsenal to our training and another addition to the love-hate relationship that our student-athletes have with the awesome tools that come from Eccentric. Go ahead and hop over to Eccentric.com today to check out what they have. Guys, I can't recommend it enough, and I guarantee you won't be disappointed not just with the products, but with the awesome customer service that Eccentric provides. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down and talking about the preparation of high school athletes with Tony Stewart. After a quick breakdown of Tony's background, we're going to dive right into the strength and conditioning world at the high school level. Tony's going to talk to us about the different levels of maturity, how that affects uh, his programming and how he looks at the athletes and how he communicates with them about anything from nutrition to supplementation to their training. We're then going to touch upon the role of specificity and how that not just fits into what Tony's doing in the weight room, but also how it assists him with dealing with sport coaches and, and building relationships, not just with the athletes, but with the coaches as well. Uh, we then get into how he looks at the athletes and programming and progressing them because he's dealing with 800 kids. Yes, that's right, 800 kids. So he's got a really neat system set up for how he's progressing, not just the athletes, but also kind of like the gen pop students that are in the weight training class and how he's looking at different levels to keep them moving forward. You know, and then we finish off talking about the roles of depth and range of motion and how he looks for athletes for their input and where he sees this program going in the future. Guys, this is a really awesome talk. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Tony, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Glad to be here. I'm excited about it. Uh, appreciate you having me on. I've been listening and watching the things you got last few years and pretty humbling just to be on this conversation with you. So appreciate it. Thanks, man. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm excited to have you on because I think this is going to be a pretty unique viewpoint of this entire physical preparation world that we haven't quite touched upon so let's go like real quick spark notes let's tell everybody who tony stewart is and where you're at and how you got there oh i'll be quick here but uh undergrad was uh went to iowa state was a college uh track and field thrower discus and hammer got into training then really enjoyed it um was gonna teach that was my goal was gonna be a teacher Told my uh, strength coach at the time, Roy Cutchlow, said, hey, if I could do anything else but teach, I would love to have this type of job. I didn't even know what a strength coach was. Um, long story short, I taught for a year, ran into Rourke by chance at a stop sign <laughs> the day after Christmas at my wife's hometown. Said, hey, if you were serious, come work for me. I gave me an opportunity, GA'd for him at Illinois State. Um, ended up back into high school uh, because it was a perfect situation. I was coaching. Um, they advertise as a PE strength coach, so all my all my classes are in, in the weight room, uh, plus our morning and afternoon stuff we got going on. So it's kind of how I ended up where I'm at, um, and I've been here for the last 10 years, and 
uh, trying to get better every day, I guess. So that's kind of short synopsis of my, my story. So. <laughs> I love it. You ran into a lot of big timers on the way there, but if you were to tell me that Rourke was your Christmas miracle, I probably would have. Uh, <laughs> he'd, he'd probably laugh hearing that too, though. Yeah, he know he knows the story. That guy, I mean, he did a lot for me, and, it's, and you know, that's a whole other story. But when I was in grad school, I was married, and my wife and I had our first baby at the time, and it was kind of a tough situation. Imagine being in grad school. Um, having a baby, it was tough and he helped me out with a lot of things. So, uh, I owe, owe him a lot and he'll never say that, but he is a good man. <laughs> it's true. Oh, totally is. So. And, uh, it has an expansive tree that a lot of people overestimate, I think, or underestimate, excuse me. Yeah. And there's a lot of good people that have worked for him that I, I mean, I've learned from and it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a lot of, a lot of people and, you know, have a, coaching tree you know it's kind of fun to see where they go where they end up and what they're doing and uh work's got got some good people that worked for him before so no doubt you fit right in that list brother and you're doing some some pretty awesome stuff up there at the high school but i want to get into that because this is a unique area that we need to spend more time talking about so let's let's talk about what that's like let's talk about programming in a high school with, I mean, it's, it's a different four-year age range than what we have here in mm-hmm. college. Absolutely. I, that's a, just that statement right there is huge. And I look at, so we have nine through 12 um, high school kids. And actually I start some of our eighth graders get rolling. And there's a huge difference between that ninth grade and that 10th grade year, just in physical maturity. And then really from 10 through 12, there's a, another jump, uh, another change in, I mean, it's called puberty. I tell our kids all the time, so you want to get stronger? I said, your number one thing is puberty. So once you hit that and you go, so you could do nothing in the weight room. You're gonna, your skills are going to get better. You're strong, going to get stronger just by that magic, uh, <laughs> just by that magic time in your life. So um, with that, I, I spent, you know, probably the first four or five years um, here at the high school doing things I thought were a little bit different than what we did in college, but you hear that all the time. You can't train high school kids like you train college kids. You can't train high school like you see professionals. But then when you go in these weight rooms, what do you see? You see the same You see the same thing. It may be a little bit different, but the underlying theme of it is what they saw. And, you know, I, I get that a lot of time. We have some well-respected strength coaches in Iowa. Um, a lot of people like to do what Chris Doyle does, or they think they do. And they really don't. But first of all, I ask them, why would you want to do that? Because you're not working with the dudes that he's working with. Um, which is why I came to kind of was at your clinic, actually, probably four or five years ago now, um, when I really ran across Dr. Yes's stuff and the one by 20 and was like, what's this about? Um, long story short there, that's when I kind of realized, you know, this to me was something that fit a lot better with the kids and population we were working with more than some of the higher intensity programs that we were running in the past. Um, so that's kind of how we ended up to, to where we're at today. So looking at that and, and all of the stuff that Doc talks about, how then do you manipulate that and kind of matriculate that through that four-year plan? Hey, so the one thing, you know, people just read the one by 20 book. They don't quite get everything, right? You know that. Um, the one thing that I think is really important is that our, our freshmen, our newcomers, we're we're pretty much the same across the board. We're not doing a ton of the, you know, the specific stuff. You know, we're, we're working on good movements. We're working on so, just as you would on every other, any other program. We're doing it a different way. Um, I love the fact that we hit it 
on a daily basis. You know, if we're working on hinging, you know, just through an RDL or, you know, a squat or single leg, whatever it is, we hit that every day. Um, and over time, your technique improves all, you know, tremendously. But on the other hand of that, kids are still kids. And if you're not monitoring them, all of a sudden things go back to crap. And um, But it's something you can see every day. So we start with our younger kids. We're really basic. I mean, we do and the things that we probably do differently than a lot of other programs. We focus a ton on what I would say three areas that I think every sport needs or will hit most sport as far as, uh, you know, you get the, the specificity. But I think most programs don't spend enough time just training the hips all four ways. Um, and I say programs in general, but especially high school. So we do a lot of stuff with our hips. Uh, we use active cords for that. We just do, you know, body weight stuff, a lot of time on our shoulders. And then a little bit as we get older, our neck too, because I think that's a big, you know, with soccer, football, cheerleading, pretty much any sport, um, the neck's a really big thing to train these days. Um, so there's kind of three different areas we, we really focus on um, outside of the main stuff. Um, so our freshman year is pretty basic. And then depending on how long the kids are with me, um, meaning if they're here year round or I see them once a semester, um, we will continue to progress through until really our first years that I've talked to Doc and uh, some people who work with him, you know, we'll, we'll spend 12 months, I mean, really a full year working through 20s. Um, and talking to Jeff a little bit, we'll change exercises before we change repetition range. Um, and I think that, that's been good for us. Um, and I know you talk to anybody else that's done the twenties. It's, you know, what happens when they get bored, right? Well, we, we try to mix up. It's high school. So that, that does happen. But what I see with kids is the more they start making progress, they're, they're not bored. They don't, I mean, they see the gains that they're making. They're seeing the progress that they're making and it's just another day for them and it's easy. So I'm not coaching something new every other week. Um, for me, that's huge. So, um, kind of rambling, but let's, uh, as we get older, we can get a little bit more into the specificity, the SPP stuff, but that's really 10% of what we do. Most everything's pretty general. So. No, man, I love it. And I think that understanding that the idea around all that stuff is to continue to progress, to continue really that general area to get just good at these specific exercises or these movement patterns or whatever we call them now in 2019 uh, is the it's not like the just the the ground the grounds for specific extra like specific programs it's the grounds for everything and that's where right. there's success with this right 100 percent agree because i i i'm sure you get it a little bit but especially at our level and our parents are great I, so i'm not this isn't something that's all the time but periodically you'll get well hey i need my kid plays baseball. They need a baseball workout, basketball workout. And really, you know, you've heard it a million times, but just just move better. Just become a better athlete. Um, and all that stuff's going to come into play. Um, you give, and I do talk to coaches, and I'm you guys that work with coaches specifically a little bit more directly and at the college level, the thing that I've learned a lot really from Rourke and some of the other guys was you can, you can give a little bit to gain a lot. You know, if I coach says, hey, I need I'd like to see this and we talk about it for this reason. OK, you can give them a little bit of what they want and mix it into what you're doing. Then really, they will fully trust you with everything else you're doing. And then you're making them happy. And it's a good relationship. Um, now, sometimes you get with, you know, I need a basketball workout and I say, well, go get your basketball and fill it up with cement and then start shooting. You know, I, I, just kind of kidding around. But you know what I mean? You get kind of some of that stuff. But let's move. Let's do uh, let's do things 
like everybody else because you don't need you don't need that much different yet. Especially yeah, I mean we're they're young. They're they're not there yet. If that makes sense. Yeah, especially when like you said, the best gains they're gonna have is getting older. <laughs> right, getting older. That's it. I kids ask me what protein or what I should take, and I said just so you're fine. You're on. I heard somebody say this, so I'm not going to steal it, but somebody said you know, high school kids are on legal steroids. I mean, they really are. They're going through all those changes and hormones, and that's all you need right now. Just be patient. I think that's the biggest key is to be patient. Oh, yeah. So then how do you run your progressions then? Because that's one thing that we're working on more and more with the high school kids that we get to work with, with that swim club. And um, I think that that, when you're looking at it, is really where when you have these younger kids you can help stay in that larger rep range if we want to call mm-hmm. it that um longer to really build what we're trying to build with these kids mm-hmm. um so how are how are you looking at that how are you evaluating that and how are you determining when you're plugging and playing and moving things around so Regardless of sports season, now I, I'll make some adjustments. If you have a freshman that is playing a varsity sport and they're in their season, we'll make some adjustments on their um, rep ranges. That doesn't happen too often. Um, but for the most part, our freshmen are in 20s the whole year. Um, and a couple years ago is when I really committed to, okay, so our upperclassmen, I'm going to spend, we're going to spend a six-week block in the 20s. And that's when I really realized, hey, my 205-pound linebacker just squatted 365 for 18 reps like that's pretty freaking strong um and it and it took me to be patient so i think the biggest thing when i talk to to people that are running or trying to do the 20s nobody wants to stay in the higher rep range for very long because a it's it's hard i mean it's not easy you know it's hard and they they just feel like oh i got to get out of it well if you progress the way you're supposed to progress I take it until we can't progress anymore. And sometimes that is six, eight, eight weeks. And then once they get to a point where, hey, I'm kind of stuck here for this, you know, four or five workouts in a row, and then we'll start to back it down. Um, so typically, I wish I could do that with every kid individually, but I work, if I, we use Team Builder as our uh, software. If you look, I have over 800 kids on Team Builder right now, which is a ton. And they're not all athletes, because we have kids that, from all over school. So, Progressing individually can be hard, um, but as we get older and kids understand it, it's a little bit easier with those kids to do. Um, so we'll typically spend between six to eight weeks in 20s, depending on the sports seasons, and then we'll go to 14s um, and then to eights and mix some other things in. But as you get as they get older, um, we'll have kids that are in three three sports, sometimes four. Um, so we may not our 20s may just be at the end of each season, in between their seasons. Um, so we'll go back to hitting 20s and then. Um, we'll stay in 14s a little bit longer throughout their season, and then we'll, we'll progress it down a little bit. Um, got a lot of kind of stuff from Ryan up at Whitewater. We kind of talked about how he does things. and um, So we don't necessarily have an exact progression. It's more on how I feel and how the group is feeling. And then sometimes, again, individuals. So the older kids that get it and have done it long enough, they know when it's time to, time to move down. Um, and then we kind of talk and we go from there. So. It's there's no exact. It's hard to say. It's pretty general. There's no exact. Hey, this is exactly when you should do it. Um, and I think that's what people want. I know I did. Was tell me when to do this and tell me when to move on. Well, I can't tell you that. You got to see that as a coach. No doubt. 
And I can't imagine having to see that with 800 kids. I have a hard enough time running yeah. it and seeing it with a group it's, of six. It, exactly right. It's it's tough. So, and I don't like. I've got two assistants. Um, right now, I have three interns, and they they're great, so they help. Um, but still, when you're running groups, I mean, it, it's just a lot. So you have to rely on the kids a lot, and then me as a feel. Um, probably one of the best things I do is you take you take your one percent of kids that you know does everything the right way. Um, they do every set, every rep, but I don't have to be on top of them. You kind of go off of that kid because if everybody's doing it right, they're going to be around how that kid is, and then you make adjustments there. Because, you know, I, of course I did. I worked in college too, and not every kid's what you think they're going to be as far as training. Like it's just the same way at high school. Some are rock stars and some would rather be at home eating potato chips. You know? <laughs> no doubt. And some of the rock stars on the field aren't the rock stars in the weight room. Absolutely. I, that's a whole nother conversation, but you're right. Yeah. So then how, how does this massive number of individuals, like how does that impact then the greater programming structure? Because I just couldn't, like, I'm having a really hard time. You have more kids there than we have athletes in our athletic department. So I'm, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around how so I would our, program for 800 kids. It's tough. So I'll, I'll kind of break it down how we, okay. So we have, we have all freshmen. Then this started back in 99 or 2000 before I was here at all. I was still in high school, um, but I didn't go here, but they, the football coach at the time ran the weight room, got it. So every freshman, their freshman PE class was in the weight room just to introduce them to training. And then after that, they could choose whether they continue to go you know, take the PE classes in strength conditioning, or they could do a general PE class. So every one of our freshmen will get introduced to our strength program. And that's how, that's said, that's when we're in the twenties, we're teaching basic stuff. Um, pretty much everybody's the same. So after that, let's say, you know, you play basketball or we got other kids that are in, um, and that's one semester. So out of two semesters, one semester they're in class, the other semester they'll have our, they call it their early bird training. So I'm in the mornings. So that, kid that plays a sport he'll come in the morning or she and then they're with me year round so then we continue through our progressions so then they come through the summer and then we come back in the fall we have two separate classes when you're a sophomore through senior we have a level one and a level two so if you're somebody that trains year round you go into that level two class if you're somebody that likes to be in the weight room wants to take it for a PE class but you're not there year round then they, they go to level one so our level twos kind of progress through a yearly cycle um, through the four years. Our level ones will always start back at what I would say square one, because even if you're a senior, if I haven't seen you for six months, we're still going to start at square one and we'll, we're going to progress back up. Um, so that's that's been a huge help as far as our progression. So I kind of get our kids in, grouped into a group where they're um, it's, it's with their ability and their experience level. Um, so that's been that's been good. We made that change probably about five years ago, and that was huge. Our administration supported it, and it's been good for us. So. And then from there, is it just kind of like check a box to move on? Um, what do you mean by that? Check so. So like, when they've gone through that second level, now is it like, when they stay in and or they move back yeah. or this that or the other? Yeah. So let's say you're a sophomore. Like you go through your whole freshman year, and you because level ones are really if you go through progress through your freshman year, you really go into level two because you basically go from 
freshman through level one, kind of that whole first year. And then your second year, so we'll have sophomores through seniors in the same class. Um, and then we will progress them um, based on what I see yeah, from sophomores through senior year. So like we, when we get into our varsity sport, we'll start doing, you know, we'll change different range of motions, you know, so um, just from a squat, like we'll do, we'll do full range, we'll squat to parallel, we'll also do partial range stuff where we're doing half squat, quarter squat, depending on their age level and where I feel like, and you know, that's a whole nother thing too, but I've seen more, you know, that whole, you're on Twitter, you see stuff on Twitter and I mean, it's, it's crazy what people just are married to. Um, when I see things work with kids that aren't necessarily what you would think are standard, you know, like not every one of my kids squats their ass to parallel because I don't think they need to, you know, just, they don't move that well. I mean, we'll do different ranges of motion based on what, you know, so that as we get older in those level two classes, that's kind of when I get a little bit more freedom in programming, if that makes sense. No, a thousand percent. Then how do you then identify those depths and things of that nature? Uh, the first one I like, when we first first start, I like to work kids through full range of motion. So our freshman year, we really work on going through full range of motion. But then you just watch kids. And I tell you what I was talking about this morning. So I see more bad bodies. And I don't mean this to be negative, but I can tell. The first time I put a bar on a kid's back, mostly I can tell if they're an overhead athlete and if they're right or left-handed based on the asymmetries. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's crazy. And then their hips, the way their hips move and like, holy crap, like we need to fix this stuff before I worry about how your, your depth on it. I can care less on that. Let's get this fixed, you know, and it, it's crazy. So how do I see I, Basically you're watching those kids individually. And it seems like I said, we have 800 kids, but usually we're broken up into smaller groups. So, you know, I won't, sounds crazy but if i have 30 kids that's a lot easier than 100 kids right so i'll have 30 kids in a class but that's still a lot <laughs> it's still a lot so it's hard to there's things you miss i mean it just there's things you miss and i have to try to listen to kids and then you know my first year here i'll never forget this so this was before i was into the 20s and whatnot we had a softball pitcher who always complained of back problems and i just i raised her up we squatted her to a box and she was not a true box squat just for a depth uh, positioning and she was maybe maybe below a quarter squat and she was a good pitcher for us and she the end of that year she thanked me she goes i this she's a senior so just had her for one year she said i've never had back like i've never not had back pain when i played softball until that until now so i'm like why would i ever worry about that just to squat you know and to me that was a huge lesson because she was able to play pain-free for the first time in four years. So kind of listen to kids, you know. Yeah, it's crazy what happens when you listen and you help them out and you're not trying to put square pegs in round holes that end up putting them on injury reports. Exactly. That, And then I don't know if you deal with this, but I sometimes deal with kids where you're trying to do what's best for them, but they feel like, well, hey, I want to do this, or I feel like I – or they feel like they're left out, I guess, if they're not – doing what everybody else is doing that's another thing i deal with it's like you got to not worry about anybody else let's do what's best for you and progress for you i don't care if so-and-so is squatting you know some kids beautiful look beautiful squatters right squat a house okay but you're not built that way you're a different kid you know and they have to get over that a little bit so. yeah the cross-country kid's never going to sit there and squat with your alignment 
Probably not. Not too much. <laughs> but we have some cross country kids that work their butt off. I'm sure you guys do you have cross country? Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love some of those kids. They work their tail off. You know, it's just different. You know, that's it. It's just different. <laughs> no doubt about it. So then, uh, looking at this progression and how it's gone, I guess the the question I got to get you out of here on is where do you see it going? What do you think is next? And for people that are in these younger, um, these these younger athlete coaching positions, what what are some things that they should be looking for to to help them move forward? in a similar manner? I think number one thing, myself included, was ego. You know, I came in, you know, I'm going to work and change the world because I have way more experience than most high school coaches. And and you just have to put your own ego aside and look at what's best for kids. And for me, that was when we went to the 20s, you know, I'm not posting videos of kids squatting 500 pounds anymore. But, you know, at the end of the year last year, I had some kids that were able to do that. Um, but I don't we don't one rep max. I mean, if we do, it's, it's very rare. Like I said, my, I'll let, I will let seniors at the end of their career when they're leaving, if you want to get to a one RM, we'll, we'll do that. Um, but for me, it was not about, it wasn't about the kids. It was about me putting my own ego aside and say, let's do what's best for them. Be patient and not try to make it, you know, YouTube and Twitter. Perfect. If you will. And then the other thing there, um, like I just lost my train of thought was, being oh not getting bored coach it it's me as the coach i'm the one that has to, to not get bored because i'm doing the same progressions you know for five or six groups of the day and i'm getting these kids every other day for an hour so a lot of times that i would change or i felt like i used to say i have to change exercises every four weeks well we didn't have any time to adapt and we wouldn't we couldn't adapt to the exercise and all oh, we're going to change we're going to change well that was more me being bored than the kids being bored um so as a coach just be patient i mean do what's right for kids, not based on what you feel. So. I love it, man. That's you know, being patient and doing what's best for the kids. It sounds like uh, some pretty simple things that at times I think is a little bit challenging for us. One hundred percent, I agree. It's it's simple, but simple isn't always easy. You know, you just have to put it put put your ego and put your feelings aside. Really, that's just what it is. No doubt about it. Well, Tony, where can people see more of what you're doing and keep up with you? Uh, I do have a Twitter. I know I said that Lancer underscore strength. Um, my Instagram is Coach Stu, Coach underscore Stu. Um, that's my social media online. Then you can always, um, I don't know if you have phone, email, all that stuff. People are more than willing to reach out if they want to. So, Awesome, brother. Awesome. Tony, can't thank you enough for your time, man. This is absolutely sensational stuff. People are going to love it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. We'll be in touch real soon, brother. You bet. Take care. Later. And a huge thanks to Tony Stewart for spending the time with us today. Guys, open, honest, candid sharing. A man sharing with us exactly what he's doing, how he's progressing it, what he's looking at, how he's building his program, communication styles, what he's building off of. I mean, this is absolutely sensational. Tony, keep up the awesome work, man. I can't thank you enough for spending the time with us today. And being so open and honest with your sharing, truly appreciate your time. And, and again, man, thank you so much for everything you're doing. And guys, as always, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. We are just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. 
We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.